0: You. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Lord, be on my mind, be on my lips, and in my heart. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, "Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive, as many as seven times?" Jesus answered. I say to you, not seven times, but seventy seven times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began, the accounting a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold along with his wife and his children and all his property in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did his homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave him the loan that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized one of his fellow servants and started to choke him, demanding pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, be patient with me, and I'll pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had the fellow servant put in prison, till he paid back the debt. Now, when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly Father do to you, unless each of you forgive your brother or sister from the heart. The Gospel of the Lord. Traders did a good job reading. I think you did the first reading, right? Can I see what you've read? Wrath and anger are hateful things. Yet the sinner hugs them tight. That sounds terrible. The readings today are about the need for forgiveness. When we don't forgive, or when we are hurt by someone else, a very natural response is to have wrath, anger, vengeance, hate. And those can do great harm in our world. They seek to perpetuate the hurt. Gave them birth. And Jesus taught more than anything else that we must forgive. Because he knows how much those things, hate, anger, wrath, can destroy a community, divide a community. Jesus is still talking to his disciples about how they should be as church. So he warns us of the importance to forgive one another. But it also is true for our world. I don't know. But when I look around the world and hear many of the things that's going on, it seems like anger, wrath, hate, vengeance are pretty prominent, threatening to destroy us, divide us, Jesus Christ came into the world to forgive sins so that these things could be healed and not divided. But even though He forgave the sins, if we don't do the same, their damage still has its effect in this world. So it's serious stuff. Jesus is calling and helping us to understand that and challenging us tremendously. And so, apparently Jesus has already been teaching that because Peter asked, how many times should I forgive? Seven times? It's a small detail, but in the time of Jesus it was taught typically you should forgive someone three times. And after that, forget it. Maybe that's for baseball. Three strikes and your out. So, Peter's really being generous. Twice that plus one. But what's Jesus saying? He's saying 77 times for an infinite amount of time. And then he tells a parable, which I think is pretty self explanatory, right? Isn't it? A profound story about someone who's been forgiven a great amount, but then refuses to forgive someone else a small amount. Jesus, very certainly, is saying, You know, I came and gave my life to forgive sins. And so I need you to do it too. So that the work that I've come, the healing that I've come, will have effect in our world. And so, I know pastorally it's very hard to forgive. People often come to me and say they've been greatly. And it's hard to forgive. And not only forgiving others, forgiving ourselves. But let's talk a little bit about forgiveness. This parable is trying to point out one profound thing. That the more we really recognize what God has done for us, the easier it is to forgive others. And you know, um, Sometimes I talk to people who have had great illnesses and have been cured and attributed to God and are very grateful and thankful. Sometimes I run into people who've been great sinners or made great mistakes. And God's forgiveness is like being acquitted from a death sentence, a trial, and they recognize it and they feel it. But in my life and in many, Sometimes we're not as aware of God's blessings in our life. It's so easy to take it for granted. You know, I've worked hard for everything I've got, and that's true, we do work hard. And we don't really feel like God has blessed us or forgiven us tremendously. This parable is saying what God has done for us is infinite beyond our understanding. The actual sum of money in the original language, I've been told by Scripture scholars, amounted to like 160,000 days of work with no vacation. You can't pay back what we owe God. Everything we have comes from God. Even though we work hard, everything we work hard with is given to us. And sinners, like, you know... um, that word we throw it around a lot, and I've never looked at myself as a great sinner. I got to admit, but the more you focus on what God has done, what we realize is that we have not fully responded to the gifts we've been given. The love God has shown us, we've not returned. We've taken it for granted. We're ignorant, of it. and so the more we meditate upon what God has done for us, count our blessings. Stand before the crucifix, allow the Holy Spirit to teach us what God has done. The more it helps us to give up. The parable isn't saying this, but this one helps me. God and right straight is crooked line. Romans, I forget the verse now, forgive me, from am Catholic. Chapter 8, verse 28, stuff like that. All things work for the good of those who love God. One of the stories of the Old Testament and the Scriptures is that despite human sinfulness, God is still working His mercy and bringing about His kingdom. Think King David, a great sinner, yet he's an ancestor of the Messiah. And in our world, in our lives, St. Paul was opposing the church, yet became the greatest advocate. God can work things that don't are sinful. When someone sins and hurts us, there's a feeling that this is the end. It can't be replaced. I'm never going to be the same. That's true. But God can still bring good out of it, but that it's not the same, but it's still the blessing of God's presence in our lives. I think of things like vets, helping vets. Or if mothers get drunk driving mad, they take that anger of losing a loved one and work together to challenge the good. And so this helps us to get too, that no matter what's happened to us, God can still use it for the good of his kingdom, although it's very it painful And so, that's the lesson, but this gospel passage ends with something that really disturbs me. How about you? Right? Part of the message of this is God is kind and merciful and forgiving. But then right at the end, what does it say? What does it say? I forgave you your entire debt should you not have had pity on your fellow servants. Then in anger, the master, right? The anger, the master represents God. You don't like to think of God as angry. It says, Then in anger, the master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the debt. And so will my heavenly Father do to you unless you forgive your brother, sister, from the heart. Does that sound like a forgiving, kind, and merciful God to you? That scares me to death. And so, attention. When we read Scripture, I think we legitimately find very difficult passages that we don't understand and we have to wrestle with. And so, here's what I think that passage really means. I think this passage means that although God has forgiven us, unless we really take that forgiveness and accept it, we can't be saved. Both like this, The first reading, remember? Wrath, vengeance, anger, hate. These are terrible things, but us sinners like to cling on to them. When we get hurt by somebody, and there's been tremendous pain in our lives, and I don't even know, have any idea, but given things that I've seen, right? Terrible, bitter divorces, victims of violence, abuse betrayal by a friend, a loved one, a trusted institution, loss of a loved one, a great illness, the list goes on and we get wounded and our fleshy heart is hurt and becomes angry and hateful and wants to strike back. But those things only seek to cause more harm, they're like poison, but they become there is a hope for us. So, well, if I can just get back, I'm going to feel better. So we hang on to it. Or they become like companions. It becomes something that comforts us in our pain. But they're, they're not healthy companions. They're poisonous companions. And the hope they might give is false hope. They even can become like gods because we think those things are going to save us. But what Jesus is saying You've got to let go of those before my grace, my forgiveness, can really enter in. And my Holy Spirit. And so, we must let go of these things. That's what means forgiveness. to so let go of the hate, the anger. Give the person or the situation to God and say, Lord, you heal my pain. I'm not going to look for these things to heal me. Catechism in the Catholic Church talks about this passage. What does it mean to forgive somebody from the heart? What is a heart that's been forgiven? And it says, and I'm quoting, paraphrasing now because I kind of didn't write it down, but a uh, forgiving heart is a heart that's been opened to the Holy Spirit and that pain has been transformed into compassion. Memories have been healed and hurt has become intercession. In other words, praying, those who hurt us. The healing that God can and bring and wants to bring through all of those hurts and things that make us want to lash out at others can happen and we must consistently pass God for that grace and make it happen. And so to be more forgiving in addition to all the intellectual arguments I try to present, the most important thing is to take that wound our, our bitterness, our anger, our lack of gratitude to God, whatever may be and just give it to God on the cross. He endured the consequences of sin. He said, give them to me. I am big enough. I can absorb them. My love is infinite. I can heal them. I'll take them to the grave with me so that in my resurrection, I will share with you the Holy Spirit to take the place of those things that you are hating." So let's
1: just try something right now, Church. Just in a few minutes. I'm going to invite us
0: all right now to pray together to open our hearts to that Holy Spirit to give God any of those bitterness, anger, lack of gratitude, or understanding of His love for us, our woundedness to Him. And if you would like to join me in this prayer, or I would like to really invite everyone to join me in this prayer, even if you don't feel you can relate to that prayer, pray for somebody else pray for another situation. Pray that you may know God's love and everything it done for us more completely. Mm-hmm. Almighty God, we cannot mm-hmm. even begin to know what you have done for us. The infinite debt you have forgiven, the very lives you have given us. this some Jesus, your beloved Son, who gave his life so that we may live in Freedom from sin and the hurt that sin causes that can only be stopped by forgiveness. And so, Lord, as you commanded today, help us to have a forgiving heart. Pour your Holy Spirit into our hearts. We give you right now. We put it. We give it to you on the cross. The wounds, the pain, or the anger, the vengeance, the wrath, the ungratefulness attitudes that we cling to that prevent your Holy Spirit from having its full effect in our lives. Consume us, Lord, with your Spirit. Fill us. And as we come later today to receive this Eucharist, may we truly receive your blessing that casts out and gives us, casts out all that wounds and hurt and those sinful attitudes and gives us that loving, compassionate heart that prays we join anything and take it to you on the cross take it to the grave and, and fill us with your spirit mother Mary who stood by your son which he suffered for our sins you know It's for us.